0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Brian is currently in the market for a new Mac computer, so we thought it'd be helpful to go through the current Apple computer lineup to determine what features and options are available and some that may be expected soon. If you've been considering buying a Mac, or you're just interested in the current state of the Mac lineup, this episode of Brothers in Tech is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and over to my right, where I'm tilting my head, if you're watching on video, is my brother, Brian Jackson. Henceforth, the name... Brothers in Tech and Brian, how are uh, how are you doing?
0: It, honestly, you, my yeah, yeah, no, do give, oh, yeah. give it to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, yeah, I know. You know, I'm a little bit. Uh, well, let's just say my voice is going to be a little bit sexier than normal. So yeah. you know, it's so meaning that meaning very little.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to be going from non sexy whatsoever to, to maybe just a little raspy. Slightly
1: raspy is going to be the the level. Well, I know you're not, I know you've been kind of uh, getting over some sickness, and obviously your voice is not 100%. So, uh, this may be one of the most informative episodes of Brothers in Tech because I got a feeling I'll be doing most of the talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This this may be we'll see what the numbers come out to be uh, mm-hmm. with you talking more um that's whether okay. that's really helpful or not but just you know yeah, I, may, I may defer out. to you for some of the some of the things today, when so. you
1: need to tap out you just raise your hand let me know and i'm i'll jump right in and, and keep rolling with it and yeah because it's all it's you all up here us. all this information ready to share um this is brothers in tech in case uh, you're just joining us for the first time in this show what we do is brian and i get together and we talk technology but very, very specifically, we we talk technology for home and family or personal use. So you're not going to hear us talking about uh, corporate enterprise level technology, business technology. We're really talking about stuff you could use in your home or on a personal basis, on a daily basis, uh, for you or family members that you are you have. And um, it's kind of what we enjoy uh, playing around with and, and and trying to enhance the things in our own our own home lives right now. So we've been talking every time we get together, we typically share another topic that we want to dig deep into and talk through some how-tos or ideas or things to understand about certain technologies. Uh, Today, it'll be a little different in that uh, we've never really done an episode where we talk about kind of buying options, kind of a shopping guide almost, but we thought it'd be a good time to do it. Uh, Brian, you are currently in the market for a new Mac computer. Is that correct? Correct, correct. Through okay. through work. So
0: my, my work uh, computer is kind of reached its rotation or as close to reaching its rotation to where they're going to be uh, swapping that out. So they kind of are giving me some options of things that I need to choose from. So it's going to force me to to learn a little bit about the different options, the possibilities, and um, okay. the pros and cons of each of the models. So this is good timing. Yeah.
1: Well, we just thought then let's do this. Let's have a Mac buyer's guide because brian you will be buying a mac i mean i think that's pretty much understood yes but um the mac world of of offerings changes every year every year you've got new models coming out you've got models fading away sometimes some models are made obsolete sometimes models come out that are fairly similar to ones already existing and you don't always know the differences so we're going to focus on mac buying uh, a buyer's guide today really talking through Some of the different models available, some things you need to understand if you're in the market to buy a new Mac computer, whether that be a desktop or a laptop or a all-in-one computer. So we're going to walk through this. And, Brian, maybe you'll glean some some notes from this that you didn't have before and can help you with your, so. your buying yeah. decision. Yeah, yep. good. Yep. So as I mentioned just a second ago, Brian, when, when somebody is looking to buy a Mac, I mean, they're, they're, the first decision you've got to make, I think the really big decision you got to make is what is the – what is the form factor? And by that we're talking about, is this going to be a desktop computer? Meaning you want to have it sitting in a, a a fairly permanent space on a desk or table or something else. And maybe you've already got monitors or keyboards and mice that you want to use with it or, or so forth. You're basically looking at a desktop Mac at that point. Right. Right. Um, Right. Versus laptop or all in one that we'll get to a little bit later, I think. Um, And the desktops, you know, I'll tell you, Mac Mac kind of, I thought, was struggling in the desktop area for quite a while. I mean, they basically just had, like, what's called their Mac Mini, which was was their kind of entry level. And then there was super high-end Mac Pro, which is, like, thousands of dollars and really meant for true pros in the field. And there wasn't a lot of space in between. They were trying to get you to go to the iMac um, all-in-one computer for that. But, uh, I will say right now, when it comes to desktops, we at least have another option, like at least three levels now that we didn't have before on desktop computers. okay? yeah, yeah, um, and
0: also the the low end level that you're talking about we'll get into in a minute is not as low end as you may have remembered it to be, right? So that's really true. kind of there's there's, yeah, there's less distinction, I think, between them. But also that makes buying maybe a little bit more challenging. So, can. Uh, so I think this is a good, good thing to go over.
1: Yeah, so let's start talking about the desktop <clears throat> computers, the desktop offerings. We've got three of them pulled up on the screen, Brian. Uh, the Mac Mini, um, which was released a couple years ago. It's it's I don't want to say it's old, but it's been out for a couple years. It hasn't been quickly re, uh, updated in the last year or two. You've got the Mac Studio, which is the newest Mac. That is the one that was just announced uh, only a few months ago. Uh, it kind of serves as a middle ground option for a desktop computer. And then you've got the Mac pro, which right now you see on the far right, that is a, the Mac daddy that is the current high end one. Although I think we're going to explore in a minute, it may not be all it's cracked up to be, and it is ripe for a replacement very soon. I actually anticipate that we're going to hear about a replacement for the Mac pro, uh, at the, uh, WWDC event here in June my feelings are they're at least going to announce a new version of a Mac Pro. Um, and we'll explain why that is the case in a moment. Yeah. But you've got all three, Brian, and you've got prices with all three. So already you can see the Mac mini is in that $700 minimum range. Although to get one configured the way you want, you may be up to a $1, thousand, 1200 or so. Um, the Mac studio is that middle ground. It is really geared for, um, it's kind of in that it, it's hard to really identify exactly who it's for i mean i feel like i would be someone that would benefit from a mac studio because i do some high-end work occasionally that would require that but i don't consider myself a pro that i'm needing a super workhorse computer that's just able to process at the fastest speed all the time so the mac studio could be something for a role like me um I think a lot of professionals <clears throat> are finding the Mac Studio to be kind of a good fit for them, uh, where yep. they are doing some graphics work, they're doing some video work, but yet they're not doing high-end broadcast work. They're not, you know, uh, designing uh, you know, gigantic uh, art installations or anything. I mean, it's it's in, in that middle 3, ground. 3D
0: renderings, modeling, right. all of that is going to take a lot of. Processor speed. Yep.
1: Exactly. Yep. So the Mac studio is a great option for somebody who needs a really high, powerful desktop computer. But at the same time, is it what they would consider to be a pro level needing that really strong workhorse computer that's just constantly churning out high end graphics and animation and 3D rendering and so forth? The Mac pro, um, as you can see, is a big price jump. So we went from (laughs) Mac mini at six hundred ninety nine dollars. Studio at $19.99. And then the Mac Pro currently is priced at $5,999, six grand. Now, I will go ahead and tell everybody uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the pros end of things because we're not even, that's not a market for us either. Neither of us are in a need for a pro level machine. I will say though, if you are somebody listening and for whatever reason you are a pro level user, even if you're tempted, I would not recommend buying the Mac Pro now at all because there will be some major changes coming to that pretty soon um so brian you know just in general kind of let's talk through what the differences yeah. are on this and people need to understand what they're getting if you get a desktop mac from one of these families right um you want to talk processor is that the kind of thing we yeah want to talk let's with? let's
0: talk about that because we're that's going to have to come up a few times um yeah. in our discussion today right yeah. <clears throat> so certainly, you know, there's a there's a different chip, uh, and if you are going through this buying guide, do be aware that you know, regardless of which of the chips that you are looking at, or which uh, which one that particular device has, the M1, an Apple chip, is going to be a really, really good chip. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and by you know, comparing it to a few years back, the moment that Apple went to creating its own uh, its own chip. Uh, it just opened up a whole new world for what it can do with a computer. So, yes. uh, so if you're someone who has a, a Mac already and you're back with an Intel Mac, an Intel chip from many years ago, going to any one of these chips, even just the M1, regular M1 chip, is going to be a, a fairly significant up, up uh, upgrade. And the ability to have, I think, wouldn't you say, Alan, a little bit more future-proofing of that computer? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that everything it develops now is going to be made for its own chip So the things will tend to run a little bit more efficiently. No,
1: absolutely. I I can't I can't recommend anybody looking at a non M1 Mac right now. I really can't because the and understand the M1 is a chip that Apple themselves have manufactured. So the 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 key here, if you're wondering why this makes such a dramatic change in their processing and, and how the computers work, if you think about it, if you're the computer maker that is designing the computer. To work as efficiently as as possible and be as high performance as possible. And now you're also designing the chip that is actually powering that computer. You can make sure everything works together as efficiently and productively as possible. Now, Intel, the chip that was that Macs were using before the M1 was made by Intel. And it is a it's a good chip. It's a good, powerful chip. They had a good relationship for many years, but it's still there at the mercy of what the Intel company will provide them in a chip, and then they have to make it work with their Mac hardware <clears throat> and other, yeah. other equipment. So having it all in-house gives them a lot of efficiencies, and we've seen that. As you said, the performance gains are dramatic, absolutely dramatic. Anybody that's gone from an Intel chip to an M1 chip has seen dramatic improvement right away. So right now, two of the three desktop computers we're, we're sharing with you are using M1 chips. The Mac Mini has an M1 chip. The Mac Studio, the newest one, has actually two different types of M1 chips in it. While the Mac Pro has an Intel, and that's why I'm saying I don't Mac recommend was... anybody buy that. Because even though I think what I have saw is that even though uh, the Mac Pro is like $6,000, three times the price of the Mac Studio, The Mac Studio's performance is actually really close or maybe even exceeding what the Mac Pro is doing already for a third of the cost. So the Mac Pro would not be a good buy right now, but I will tell you whenever they do announce a new Mac Pro powered by M1 chips, I think it's going to be pretty impressive. And I think that's going to be a whole game changer there as well. Now, Brian, there's three different M1 chips that I see here listed. I see an Apple M1 chip and then I see an Apple M1 Max. And an M1 Ultra. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and there's one more that's not even on here, uh, is the M1 Pro. That's right. <clears throat> so I believe it's the M1, M1, M1 Pro, Pro, M1 Max, M1 Max, Ultra. And then Ultra,
1: yep. yep. And just like you would expect, they get progressively more powerful as you go along. Like Brian said, the M1 chip right now, the base level M1 chip is still a very powerful chip that you will see gained improvement if you're coming from an older older. Mm-hmm. Type of computer, but you absolutely can keep bumping up your options. So basically, it's just telling us the Mac Mini the only option you have for the Mac Mini is the M1 chip. Mac Studio, you can choose between the M1 Max or the M1 Ultra. When we get to the laptops, you'll see the M1 and the M1 Pro are options over there. So, um, blood options floating out yeah. there.
0: And um, I would also mention, Alan, that even though the M1 chip is still you know, only two or three years old where it's been out, seeing that the Mac Mini is last updated in 2020 and it's an M1 chip, I would imagine that it's also, it's going to be after the Pro probably, but it's it's in line for a, probably an update sure. fairly soon too. Yeah, um, You know, the Mac Mini, for those that haven't kind of stuck with Mac for many years, but Mac Mini, they went many, many years without doing anything to it. You know, they kind of left it very simple, uh, device. It was always a great device. Uh, it really didn't get the updates that uh, everybody was wanting, and it seems like, <clears throat> especially with the uh, the new um, uh, the uh, the new version that they're using with the, the cinema. I mean, that's that's kind of showing the that form factor benefit. So I think that they're going to upgrade the upgrade that one certainly within the next year. Um, but even this, as I, as we were talking about, is such a great machine. Um, and those are, by the way, the, the views of those, those are kind of the size differences. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mac mini on the left is a very thin, you know, if you want something just to sit next to a, um, next to your, your monitor or the way I've used a Mac mini in the past is that was my media server. I had yeah. that sitting under a TV and it was, you know, powering, uh, movies that I had stored and all that sort of stuff. So. It's a it's a good good form factor for
1: that. Yeah, it is. And in, in the Mac Studio to the right of it, it is like two or almost two and a half of the Mac Mini stacked on top of each other. Right. Same size, and form factor, just taller. The difference with the Mac Studio is it does have ports on the back and front of the computer, yep. which yep. was something a lot of people clamored for. I mean, as I, as nice as it is to keep a Mac very clean and pretty and have all the ports in the back, it can be a challenge when it's on top of when a monitor is on top of it or it, you're you're having to reach behind it constantly to get to it. Putting some <clears> accessible <throat> ports on the front, a couple of USB ports USB C ports and a, a smart media card reader on the front was really smart. That was yeah. just a nice yep yeah, nice handy. thing to do with the Mac uh the Mac Studio box for sure. Um yeah so Brian let's let's just kind of hit on some of these yeah specs just a little bit. Um I know we had a whole episode where we talked about all these specs and explain what they are, but they they have changed a little bit. And I just want to make sure people understand the differences if they're trying to choose between these different models on the desktop side. Um, Every computer has the capability of going up to a certain number of cores on its processor, on its CPU. And you can see the Mac mini is just a flat eight core processor, which means it's got eight of the actual cores embedded in the chip. The more cores, the more performance is all you need to understand with that. Now, the Mac Studio, it says, can go up to 20 cores. That's going to depend on which chip and what level within the chip you get. Each chip, some of them you have options to say, well, I want the Max, the uh, M1 Max, but I want it with you know 20 cores instead of 10 or whatever the options may be. So you can really customize and get up to the number of cores you want. And again, all we're talking is cores are processing power amplified um the mac pro will go up to 28 cores but keep in mind the mac pro we're talking about the intel chip still we're not talking about the m1 so it's not a completely apples to apples comparison when comparing the number of cores between these CPUs.
0: yeah and let's let's maybe you know clarify just a little bit because i think people come from the pc world <clears throat> have always been kind of taught to think you know it's a uh something something gigahertz you know processor right they kind of look at the speed of the processor as being the big number that you're worried about <clears throat> when you when you think of cores just think of you know cores are are almost like separations within the the processor and so if we have a great processor that can do lots of different things the more cores you have the more it's able to divide those processes across different things so if you just think you know, if, if you had two computers that had the exact same speed of processor, but one had more cores, it means that you'd be able to do some of uh, multiple tasks simultaneously using some of that processor speed as opposed to one. It's like bandwidth. When we talked about Ethernet bandwidth and the amount of things that could go through versus the speed at which it goes through. Um, so just think core, cores are good, right? Especially if you're someone who works on lots of different tasks or lots of different very high intense tasks. Um, it may not be a big thing for a lot of what uh, we all do you know if you're surfing the web and you're you know making documents and you're checking email and you're doing those things you may not see much of a difference but if you're doing some two streams of you know video processing that's where the cores are really going to come in mm-hmm. so and that's where you can see the GPUs which is yep. the graphics processors having cores as well meaning that it's the ability to do the graphic, uh you know processing so much uh more efficiently so i think it really comes down to efficiency too alan instead of just power right
1: right it's efficiency it's able to accommodate more things simultaneously that combined with the memory which you see at the bottom all these kind of work together to create how efficient and productive that 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 workflow is for you um Different things you do on your computer will tax different parts of these differently. So, for example, your CPU is all computer operations. It's just operating your computer. Anything that's not heavy on graphics needs uh, is going to be really relying on your CPU. Then once you start to flip over to anything that involves high-end graphics work, rendering of animation, rendering of video, displaying video, all these things, that's going to hit your GPU. So if you're someone who's going to be doing a lot of video or animation, definitely 3D rendering, 3D animation, the GPU becomes even more important to you. So you may want to look at a device that's going to give you greater GPU course on that end. And then the RAM on that third level, that is your memory. That is your kind of what your your computer is able to hold and manage and do simultaneously at one, at one time, time
0: Yep, is with yep. that
1: memory this is not your storage this is not how much you can store on a computer this is if you open up one large file uh, over here a large photograph and then you open up another for, uh, program over here running something and another one in the background the more ram this memory unified memory you have the more those things can happen without bringing your computer down to a crawl and and slowing it down so if you're someone, you know, as you can see, the Mac mini just has a 16 gigabyte, which is still good. That's great for most, most people's applications. But uh, you can see that if you start to do a lot more things within that 16 gigabytes, it's going to make your computer slow down. And you're going to see that a lot more often. The Mac Studio lets you go up to 128. So you're right away seeing a huge jump on memory. Yep. And then on the Mac Pro it's 1.5 terabytes worth of memory that can happen. That's That's insane. It is. But I will say too, memory is handled differently on the Intel chip in that processor than it is the M1. So it's, again, it's not a apples to apples comparison. I don't feel comfortable saying the studio or the pro is almost 10 times more the memory on the Mac studio. It doesn't quite work out that same way because the memory is used so much more efficiently on the, on the M1 chips. Um, but regardless, I know there's a lot of numbers here, and for most people, they're going to get just kind of the stock model that has kind of the, the the base level on of these. You're still looking at a very good-performing machine, even at the low level on these. But just to know that you can customize and scale all of these items up depending <clears throat> on your specific needs. Wow. Well, and it's that also important to know any, yeah, anytime
0: okay. it says up to right, so even on the mini, that's up to, that means 16 gigabytes is the most you can get. That's right. If you were to upgrade it, that means, I'm guessing, Alan, it was a eight eight gigabytes was probably the entry.
1: Eight is the standard on the Mac yeah. mini. You get eight right off the box, and then you can add it to 16. Yeah. Now, here's really important to note for anybody buying a Mac these days. Um, when you make these choices, <laughs> that's what you're locked into for the duration of the life of that, right. of that computer. Okay, it's not like the old days where, You could buy a computer and start adding, have some memory on it and then add more memory over time. Unfortunately, you can't do it. And that is one thing I really don't like about the Mac environment right now. I wish there was ways to keep growing and expanding it yourself, but there's not. So when you make this purchase, you need to be thinking about where you could be over the next three to four years or whatever that lifespan of that computer is going to be. Um, Because the worst thing would be is to get one for your needs today and your needs grow over the next three or four years, and your computer's just not able to to keep up with it, yeah, because you're not able to go backwards <clears throat> and and upgrade it manually. you're going to have to go get a whole new computer um so so yeah. it's a shame the way it's set up, but that is where we are, so thinking about future proofing, I think is important, thinking not only about where you are today but where you could be in. I say two to three years. I think that's a good, if you can get to where you're going to be in three years with a computer purchase, I think that's a good spot to be in. Um, Yeah. And then maybe at year four and five, you may be looking for an upgrade or different, another one. So,
0: yeah. And you may be, you may be wondering how do I know what I'm going to need in three years from now, but you should imagine that anything that if you're someone that um, tends to use some of the latest software, when it comes out, you have some fairly intensive software that is going to get updated. And when that software gets updated, it's going to be uh, more intense uh, demanding on your computer. Yep. <clears throat> then you should be thinking that way. Um, you know, but again, you know, don't let, don't let Apple scare you because that's one of the things that they do and say, you can't upgrade this. So of course, spend the extra money now so they can have a lower price, but then a more of an upgrade. I would just say, if you can, if you can figure out the form factor that you want, and you know in the general area you are. And then if you have the ability to get some extra uh, memory, you know, think about mm-hmm. your hard drive. To me, memory is more important than hard drive. You know, when I'm looking at uh, an upgrade, if I'm gonna spend a little extra money, I'd rather get the extra RAM to make the processes work more efficiently rather than worrying about the hard drive. And that's me because I tend to store so much on the the cloud. That I don't care so much about paying for extra
1: well, space. Well, that's a good point. We didn't even mention that's the last item here I didn't have up on the screen, but storage, uh, you're right. Uh, that is a decision point you got to make same issue. And the problem is, is that the max will not let you go and upgrade this storage memory after the fact. So you do need to think about where ideally you're going to be with your storage needs. But like Brian said, I agree with Brian. I, I as much as I like keeping stuff stored on my computer, if I had to choose between upgrading my memory, my unified memory, my RAM, or my hard drive store, my my storage space, I would definitely go with my unified memory as well, yeah. because I can always add an external hard drive to my computer and store things. I can always put in uh, thumb drives and SD cards and other things to back up, or the cloud I can back up to, but I can't add go back and add more unified memory in any way, shape, or form. So. I want to make sure my computer always runs efficiently and fast and, and multiple things yeah. happening. So the <clears throat> that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, you can see here Agreed. on the storage side, the Mac mini lets you go up to two terabytes of storage, the Mac studio up to eight terabytes at the time of its release, the Mac pro was also limited to eight terabytes. Um, again, I feel like any new Mac pro mm, is going figured. to, going to improve that. Yeah. Yeah. But eight terabytes storage. That's it's a lot of storage. That's a lot. of a lot. That's that's a a lot. Lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And Alan so you know you're someone who does video work and storing videos and all of that you probably do quite a bit of that locally mm-hmm. um, you know you may have a need for you know a terabyte is a good thing two terabytes is a good thing yeah. for me I have no zero need for a terabyte of hard drive yeah. so for people to kind of grasp you know when you're looking at at buying do you think you know if, I, if I'm someone who stores most most of my stuff online which I do in the cloud mm-hmm. you know right now I'm using 250 gigabytes of hard drive and i don't even need to be using this much i've got some things in here that i could offload um and if i'm buying a new one i would i'd most likely go with whatever the base is if that's 512 or if that's you know one terabyte that's going to be that the most i'm going to do and i think for most people that's probably a a good user
1: experience i I i'm I'm definitely more of a outlier case. I'm not, you know, I definitely have a lot more. I mean, right now I've got a 500 gigabyte storage and it's filled all the time. I mean, I I'm busting at the seams where I'm constantly having to take media and things I produce and ship it over to external drives just to get it off my main drive because I need to back it up. up. up? up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, when I'm working on video files and all that, I need the files on my computer. I really don't want to work with them off an external drive. So I'm working here, and then I have to take the files and offload them to other drives. It's a process, and I'm already looking at if I upgrade, I'm probably going to go up to two terabytes of storage just because I could use it. But you're right. I'm an outlier. Most people, 500 gigabytes on storage is going to be more than enough for general day-to-day use, photo library, uh, web surfing, obviously, um, word processing, other things that they may be doing. It's plenty it really is plenty um yeah so that's good so that's the three (laughs) desktop models brian i mean what else about these any other key differences and again i'm i think we really just focus on those first two because the mac pro is still leaps and bounds above everything else and also the most ripe for change but
0: yeah i would just say you know if you're if it's a if it's a home computer home use and you're using it for just general, general, you know, family computing, right? The Mac mini is a great machine It is a yes. great price for what it does. Uh, it's also a great form factor for, um, you know, being able to, you know, be a media server, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I wouldn't even look towards the studio or the pro unless you really have uh, intensive sorts of tasks that you are, are involved yeah. in video processing, uh, photo processing, all of these things that become a little bit more demanding.
1: Well, let's just remind everybody too. I agree with all that. Um, These are desktop computers, meaning they're, you know, even though, yeah, you can unplug it and you can take it somewhere else. I mean, they're meant to be stationed somewhere where you're kind of anticipating to do most of your work. They will not come with a monitor. You will need to provide your own monitor, but the good news is you can get any monitor Um, that has the right kind of connection to it. These are going to have HDMI uh, ports on the back or I think maybe the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini does have a US uh, HDMI port. Um, You can hook up two monitors to them if you have an HDMI port and then you can also do a USB-C converter to another HDMI port and have two monitors plugged up. You can plug up your own keyboard and mouse, whether it's wired or wireless. So you've got USB ports on these that you can use for uh, standard wireless or wired keyboards or mice. So you don't have to use the Apple ones. Uh, The Apple ones look nice with it, but you can really get any other um, mouse or or, uh, keyboard you prefer to use with them. So that's the nice thing about these desktop models is they are fairly open to other peripherals that you can add to them. Right. Okay. Well,
0: let's talk about a different form factor. All right.
1: Why don't we go to, you want to go to laptops? <clears throat> Let's go to laptops. Yep. All right. I'm going to pull up uh, three laptop models that we feel like are kind of the options right now you're looking at. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> we have uh, Macs have always, even though desktops are doing better sales-wise, I mean, I think Mac laptops are really where Macs have been dominant in the last decade or so. They've just really put a lot more energy into their laptops really made some great models they've had a few years where people have not been as happy with the laptops keyboard has been a little iffy for people the performance has not always really bumped up as much as it has in other form factors or other competitors even that has changed i say once again with the m1 chips now rolled out all three of the models we're showing here are running m1 chips we'll examine in a moment but I don't think you have a bad option on laptops these days from Macs. Um, right. Now that everybody's on the M1 chip, I think you could go with any of these. We've got three models up here, Brian. We've got the MacBook Air, uh, which is running a M1 chip. It is uh, from 2020, so it could be ripe for an update here in the next little bit. But um, that is your lowest price one. That's starting at $999. Um, that is considered kind of the more the – the light is it's, it's a thinner, smaller laptop. It is also power-wise very good, but just between all the others, we're going to look at it, it is the lowest powered of these. Three. <clears throat> um,
0: yeah, yep.
1: And the, the fact form factor, it, form yeah. factor,
0: kind of important to know. You mentioned thinner. You know, uh, you, if you haven't seen an Air before, you know they're they're designed from the hinge. They're a little thicker, so at the hinge at the back when it's closed, it's probably similar. To the, to the MacBook Pros that we're going to show you. But, but what happens is it, it thins yeah. out. Yeah, as you get towards the front end, which you're seeing right here in the picture, you can yeah. see the difference between the, the two left. Yeah. So this really is, you know, the thinness is my, why you might want to do this. The portability, um, it is uh, uh, leaps and bounds. This particular one is leaps and bounds over what the MacBook Air was when it first came out many, many years ago. That was just a basic entry-level this actually, you know, when they added the M1, um, it's very snappy. It's, uh, it's a great machine performance-wise. You're not going to see a, a dramatic uh, uh, jump from the Air to the Pro. That's one of the things that's going to be kind of unusual is that the Air to the Pro jump, especially at the low end, is is not that dramatic. Um, but there's some other things that I think is important for us to note. So sure. so that's the Air, and you can see it's a $1,000 entry point uh, to be able to, to get into that. And then you got you 13, had, right?
1: There are two different, currently, two different levels of MacBook Pros. And this is a little confusing, so I got to make sure everybody's clear on this. There's a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which is a little different form factor and a little different styling than the other models that have come out more recently. But they've kept this 13-inch one in the middle of the, the pack there. It's at $1299. Is the price starting out. And it is running an M1 chip. It is a MacBook Pro, but it is the lower powered of the MacBook Pro family. It still retains the touch bar, which is the uh, strip uh, across the top of the keyboard that's been on the Mac uh, Pros for the last couple generations. Yeah. Um, dynamically, uh, you can use it for uh, interaction with your laptop from the top strip. So that's still there and it is running an M1 chip. It is 13 inch. You can see it. Uh, it's got a thicker bezel around the screen. Mm -hmm. Than when we get to the uh, next level over Um, the final level is the newer macbook pro and they have both a 14 inch and a 16 inch we're just showing the 14 inch right now but these are ones that are using higher level m1 chips and also higher specs on a lot of lot of things and it did go up obviously price-wise to 1999 so if you're wanting a pro level laptop but you don't want to spend almost two thousand dollars on this thing. Um, you do have a thirteen-inch MacBook Pro, which is a good. I mean, it's a good computer. It's a good machine. Yep. yep. And definitely for the cost difference, I think it 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 makes up for the difference there. But I will also say, if you're if you're somebody who works in a pro field, audio, video, graphics, design, I really I can't recommend staying at the thirteen-inch MacBook because. The jump in performance is dramatic, going from the 13-inch to the 14-inch, the newer <clears throat> MacBook Pros. Um, if you're not in a heavy, intensive graphics design world, the MacBook Pro 13-inch is a really, really solid, fast machine for your needs Okay. <laughs> Even all three, all three are fast. That's the thing, is that it's hard yeah. to it's, it's hard to sit here and say one over the other because all three are really good, powerful computers on the end. But Brian, you, you got some thoughts here, right? Yeah, no. This
0: this is where I want to bring a different a different perspective to this because okay. I've been I've been stressing well, stressing about the comparison of these three uh, for quite a while now. And to me, I mean, I have a conundrum here of something other than just the power. The power okay. is actually I'm not that concerned about because okay. I think even the air is going to do a lot of the things that I want to do. Right? Sure. Uh, now. There's a part of me I've always had MacBook Pros. I think my last maybe three machines have all been the pro model, so I kind of tell myself, well, if I'm going you know if I'm going to get it and I have to future proof myself for the next five years, I-, I may want to go with the pro model that'll allow me at least some forward you know movement giving a better processor. But here's where, here's where I struggle, Alan, is that so I th- personally think the performance wise, uh, the air and the 13 are not that different. Like if yeah. you look at some of the specs and sure. their performance they are really not that different. The air actually yeah. has a better battery life, yeah. which is great, um, which is really exciting. It's like 21 hours of battery life or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the big thing, Alan, is that for me, there's two, two elements going to the 13 inch is, again, not that much of a jump. And I think it actually takes me backwards in that I really do not want the touch bar on my computer. Okay. you and i have had the touch bar you still have it now right alan i still have okay. it now mm-hmm. and i despise mm-hmm. it i despise it not because it's the the idea if it is not great the idea initially was really exciting um and i was okay when i first got it but i do not use it at all and when i do use it i find it clunky to use because of not having the physical keys there so my yeah. my personal choice is all right looking at the air and then 13 inch actually feels like a step backwards from me, right? Because of that touch bar. So I'm, I'm, I've now wiped out the 13 and said, you know what? It's not really between the 13 and the air. It's really between the air and the 14. Now here's the reason why, when you look at the price difference, a thousand dollars more, so twice as much for the 14 as the, the air. But let me tell you two things that are really making a big difference here. Um, one is I, I do like some of the performance boost that it has. It has a little better chip, but the other is the ports. The ports mm-hmm. are what make this dramatically better for me. So, you know, we, we have talked about this before, Alan, how I take my laptop to different classrooms across our campus, plug in, you know, I have to remember what dongle to bring and I have to have a stack of dongles with me. If you look if you carried on down Alan, and look at the, um, the ports this is where the big difference happens for me and where there we go Mm -hmm. an hdmi port Mm -hmm. an hdmi port on my laptop is gold for me like to be able to just take my laptop and know that i can plug into a monitor plug into a projector
1: without um, an adapter
0: fantastic without an adapter right and now yes it's got a couple of um you know, the other ones will have Thunderbolts, which of course you can do with the dongles and all that, but to have a dedicated HDMI port for me is potentially worth, let's say 500 of that thousand just to have that, the, the,
1: well, uh, the ability. And I feel to the same it. way about the SD card slot. I um okay. you know, my thing is I, I'm using SD cards every single day. That's what we shoot media on. I'm having to transfer things from it. And I have a dock right now and I have, you know, I can, I've got it on there, but still I got a fiddle around, find the slot, pop it in there. got to remember to eject it, you know, because when I leave my, take my laptop away with me, if I could have an SD card that I could just leave in my laptop and know it's there. And even if I move around somewhere, yeah. it's still in there. That's huge for me. So I'm with you. A- HDMI port and the SD card slot being built into these laptops.
0: Yep. yep. It's a
1: game changer for me. It's why I, when I'm up for an update, I, I can't, well, a I need to be at the pro level for the work I'm doing. I can't look at the 13 inch I've got to yep. look at the 14 or newer yep. so yeah
0: and you know just having one extra thunderbolt uh great. port there is fantastic yeah um and I think to myself well normally two is the max of those that I'm using at a time so that's great but I do have situations where I've used three where I have maybe my airpods being plugged in to to charge and I've got a you know, plug in an iPad as well to make sure that I have a wired connection there. Plus I'm plugging in the the power. Um, So to me, the ports are the big, big boost there. Uh, And of course, if you slide back up, let's look back at the kind of the key distinction there.
1: Let's check out the stats real quick here. Um, Yeah, just because, I mean, the name wise, as you know, MacBook Air is a 13 inch display, just like the MacBook Pro 13 inches, so same size screen. But then you get to the 14-inch or almost a full-inch bigger, a diagonal on the 14-inch screen. The chips, as we mentioned, the M1 chip is the default standard chip on the Air, and it's right. the one on the MacBook Pro as well. Um, so that's still
0: and that's the same. Chip. That's the same chip that was on the, the, you know, the Mac Mini that Mac we talked Mini about that we said it was good, yeah. uh, but, but, but not as good. The
1: Pros have both yeah. the Pro version and the Max version that you can choose for yeah. those laptops so you do have some options when you configure your laptop at, the, at that high-end pro level uh core uh, cpus eight or ten cores is kind of the option on the cpu you really can't go much more than that on the laptop but graphics that's the killer right there for anybody big, working big in difference. high-end graphics work is you you can top out at 32 cores of gpu on those laptops the high-end ones yeah. Yep. Same thing with memory. 16 gigs is the highest memory you can do on the MacBook (laughs) Air or the Pro 13 inch, but you can go up to 64 gigabytes of RAM if you chose to on the Pro level. And Alan,
0: another kind of key about that that is important to note. So on the MacBook 14 inch, the one on the right, so its standard is 16, which is the max that you can get on the air, right? The air that comes as a standard of eight, Eight. you can upgrade to to 16. The 14 has an entry of 16. So you can go to 32. But if you go to 64, which of course I think is, if I'm not mistaken, maybe $600, $700 more or something to go to that level, that automatically kicks you into the M1 Max uh, Mm. chip.
1: So, so my the doing the 64
0: gig, gig goes along with uh, having the 64 gig of RAM. So even though you might look at that and go, well, I don't need the 64, but that little bit more potentially gets you into a whole different processor too. So, Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah no, I'm, I would, I would love to get <laughs> my own laptop up to 32 gigs of RAM. That's to me, my dream yeah. level of being at, I'm at 16 now yep. and it's fine, but I do a lot of things concurrently all at the same time and, Occasionally, I get really bogged down with things I'm doing even at 16 gigs. So to me, 32 is that sweet spot I want to get to with the next next yep. machine. Yep. Um, Storage-wise, again, a huge bump up when you get to yep. the new levels of the pros. You can go up to eight terabyte storage instead of tapping out at two like you can with the other two. Uh, battery life, uh, like you said, the Air is really good, 18 hours of battery oh, life. I forgot was, that the uh,
0: Pro was better. Okay.
1: The 13-inch Pro is a little bit better. Actually, mm-hmm. the 14-inch takes a step backwards. It kind of sacrifices battery life for a lot of the power you're getting.
0: Especially uh, that graphics, that graphics yeah. process.
1: Pros are not complaining. <laughs> they're they're no. fine. They'd rather have the performance and take a little hit on the battery life if they need to. Um. But, I mean, overall, you're comparable on all three. I mean, it's not dramatic differences in battery life on all three. Uh, As you mentioned, Brian, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the one in the middle, does have the touch bar and touch ID on it. The other two, the new MacBook Air and the latest MacBook Pro, have the touch ID sensor on it where you can put your finger on and let that register your computer. It just does it without having a whole touch bar. It's just a single spot in the corner of your keyboard where you let rest your finger and get your touch ID out there.
0: Alan, can I give people a quick reference? Cause I, I, I had uh, been wondering about this. So, you know, the battery life, when you compare things that are brand new like this for 18, 20, 17, sorry. If you scroll back down oh sorry. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the 18, 20 and 17, you're like, Oh, well, gosh, I hate to sacrifice in that 14 inch, to get only 17 hours. I just pulled up what the MacBook air was the previous version, which was the MacBook air retina. Yeah. And that was the 2020 that was just still 2020 version. It was 12 hours. Yeah. So what, what we're saying is that basically what they've done with that pro 13 inch uh, is pretty insane, right? They've almost yeah. doubled the Mac of that battery life they had before, but even the 17 hours, you know, is uh, significantly more than what a great MacBook air was you know two years ago um so well you know
1: and i think really you gotta really think about too what what's the kind of the the overall goal with battery life i mean for me it's always if i needed to have the computer up and running all day during a typical work day or typical work life uh without if i had to be on the road and traveling could i work all day so is that nine ten hours of use any of these will meet that standard, you know, as a new laptop. So that's good. I mean, if you're someone that you need your battery to run throughout the day, but then you're going to charge it up at night, overnight, any of these levels are going to do wonders for you. You're going to have a room to grow, a room to play with on your battery life for sure there. Back when it was, you know, 10 to 12 hours of battery life, which it used to be previous generations. And then, of course, that battery life would get a little diminished as you use your computer longer and longer it got tough to sometimes pull off a whole day of working on a laptop and uh, without having to find a a power source pretty quickly. So, yeah, these are all good. Very, very good. So, I mean, Brian, there's a, you know, this is to me a little more clear cut for people as far as, I mean, to me, well, I'll take that back. No, I I don't agree with that. The desktop, there's three very clear levels of price and power on that Mm -hmm. laptops you do have that more gray area between the macbook air and this 13 inch macbook pro but there is a big jump in not only cost but also performance on that macbook pro 14 inch or the 16 inch above it um i almost feel like the newer the macbook pro 14 inch is a true macbook pro like capital lever pro the macbook 13 inch pro is kind of a lowercase pro it's like yeah, it's got the Pro features and it is good for for for, for a lot of high-level work, but it's just such a gap between that and the MacBook Pro 14-inch on everything it can do. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yep. no, And I don't I'm know how much longer it. the 13-inch is going to be around either, like to be manufactured, so right. I just don't know.
0: <laughs> and Alan, just just so people people do know, because we kind of breeze past this a little bit, but <clears throat> If you are someone who's wondering, like, oh my gosh, I'm used to a 13 inch, you know, I don't need an extra inch of body size. It's not actually, I think, a full inch of body size, totally, because of the the bezel, right? So of course, you're looking at the the the, the uh, image there, and you can see it looks a little bit taller, a little bit, right, for what it is. But your screen is a lot more. This is very similar to what's happened with phones recently, is that you can say, oh, I've got a five and a half inch. Phone screen that doesn't mean that the phone itself is an inch more than a four and a half inch model. If yeah. there was a bigger bezel, and the bezel is right. of course the black area around the screen, so you're getting more screen real estate. as You can see just like the phones have done, they use the notch to stretch out the you know the the screen and just keep the place where the camera is you know so that that's not um, as usable. Yeah. So. You're going to get a bigger screen. It's not necessarily, I mean, for those who have, like, I personally got a little nervous because I have a, a case that I use for my 13-inch. That If I went to a 14 and I just bought this case, would that be obsolete? I don't think so because I think I have probably that half-inch gap around that would actually still work. Um, but uh, so it's not a full inch in direction that you have yeah. to worry about, but it is
1: still a change. So sure. And they're all three very comparable sizes. Just you're looking a little bigger on the 14 inch, but of course, if I were to put the 16 inch up there, it is a noticeable it is truly, truly size. a two really inch right, Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I I feel confident saying that we there's some really great Mac laptop models out there right now, and I don't think anybody can go wrong with any of the three. But I, I do feel confident uh, in saying that if you are going to be using your your Mac in a high end production design animation rendering video high-end photography work i really think you're i mean i know it's a lot more money but those 14 and 16 inch the new ones are really strong machines that are going to future-proof you for a long time if you don't fall in that camp i'm with you brian i think the macbook air is great and i i just don't see enough difference between the macbook air and the 13 inch macbook yeah you yep. really feel like that there's mm-hmm. a a reason to go with that middle option. I say you're either in the pro camp and you really need that pro level machine, or you're in a really, really strong powered MacBook air. That's going to meet your needs on everything else you need to do. So yep. Yep. where I feel like we need to be. That's my recommendation anyway. Yep. No. And like
0: I said, the ports are the big thing for me.
1: If, it, if, yep. you know, if the MacBook
0: air had an HDMI port option on it, then I'd be on an air because I don't feel like I need um, what's in the pro, but the pro does provide so much more with that port and the availability. So, you know, I'll find if I can stretch out the money to do it, I probably will, because it'll future-proof me a little bit more for the next few years. And I did want to mention really quickly, and we didn't talk about the 16 inch too much. Um, There's really not a whole lot of difference between the 14 and the 16 in terms of performance, same chip options. But I don't know if you notice this, Alan, but the 16-inch MacBook Pro is up to 21 hours of battery life. So you gain quite a bit in terms of battery life um, because of the bigger size that allows it to put a bigger battery in there, right, which, yeah. is, oh, which sure. is really nice. So, so yeah. that's a nice thing. If you're someone who you know, wants to be out all day and have a, have a little bigger screen, you're going you're gonna to be able to do that with the, uh, the 16 because you've got a better battery.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll note too, as we're scrolling through the stats on this, the 16-inch is in the middle now compared to the 14-inch, the same model. And yeah, price is about $500 more expensive for the 16-inch. You obviously have a bigger screen size. When it comes to chips and cores and memory and storage, everything's exactly the same. You can tap out the same way on both models. Battery life is the one other factor that's going to be in your favor if you go with a larger laptop. So you're paying $500 more, you're getting a bigger screen, and you're getting more battery. That's kind of where it falls yeah. down to on that end. Um, now, Brian, there's one other type of form factor we haven't talked about. And really, it's it's probably the easiest to talk about because there's really only one that Mac Apple is selling right now. And uh, I don't know how to get rid of these other ones, so I'm just going to put all of them as iMacs just for kicks (laughs) and um oh well let me do that i can never (laughs) mind. it it automatically bumps so anyway we've got two different versions here a four port and a two port the two on the right hand column are our imacs the imac is the kind of default all-in-one mac that you that you've had had around for years they've gone through several iterations this is the current form factor which is a kind of looks like a large monitor just with an extra little uh spot along the bottom where the cpu uh, is housed you the big thing they made a, the deal about with the imax is colors so you can get these in different colors that go through and show you the different color shades you can get for the one in the middle here um, but they are all in one so again understanding if you're looking for convenience where you just to have one machine you know where it's going to be you just want as simple as possible plug it up to a power and you're ready to go um, the iMacs are great, they are all in one computers. Um, they'll do what you need to do. The things to remember with all in one computers are if something goes wrong, you have a, a monitor go bad, well, that means the whole computer's out of operation. You're gonna have to get the whole thing fixed. You can't swap out another monitor, can't swap out, uh, you know, a, another CPU. It's these are all in one, um, and you're locked in. This is the screen size you're gonna have on this device. I mean, if you decided you want a bigger monitor. It's not a way to do it. I mean, you're just going to have to use the monitor that's built in on the iMac. So there's some pros and cons with it, but I do think for some people that have a very specific need of where they want a computer and a good spot for it, and they're comfortable with the screen size and it's going to last them a while, iMacs are great. They're a great all-in-one yep. computer. Yep. Definitely simplifies cables. It simplifies setup and hookups and everything else too.
0: Um, in terms of in terms of beauty, you know, if this is something that's going. In your kitchen, right? Or if you have a little study nook in your kitchen or something. I mean, in terms of beauty, this is a very beautiful machine, right? Just sits. All you have is a keyboard and a mouse out, and everything looks super, super slick. So
1: Yeah, yeah, look how thin that thing is, and just really, really nice. It's a nice-looking computer, for sure. Yeah. Um, The thing to know about the IMAX is they are using the M1 chip. So, again, that's the base-level M1 chip, just like the Mac Mini just like the MacBook Air is Mm -hmm. the base level. Eight-core CPU, don't really have any options on that. It's pretty much this is what you get. You don't see a lot of up twos here except for on the RAM because there's not a lot of customization on the processor. This is what you get, eight-core CPU, eight-core GPU. Unless you go to that two-port version, which is a seven-core GPU. I thought that was kind of odd to be one less on that, but... Mm both will go up to 16 gigabytes of memory uh the four port version will go up to two terabytes of storage the two port version will go up to just one terabyte of storage and then of course battery life is not an issue um the four port version has a touch id on the magic keyboard um uh, the two port doesn't come with that standard you have to pay an upgrade <clears> to get one with touch yeah. id on the keyboard it's a little confusing the two port four port that's really the main difference other than what you can go up to on storage between the two. But it is talking about the kind of the side ports, how many of those you have to to work with. Let me get down to ports because I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Yeah, so the four port version has two Thunderbolt ports and two USB three ports where the two port version just has two Thunderbolt ports. um, And that's it. So,
0: and the Ethernet there is a little bit different. It's uh, comes with the standard Ethernet instead of the Gigabyte. So the way I've always looked at this, Alan, the four port is really, if you're using an iMac for work, or right, if you're someone who that you're putting this into work, you're, you know, potentially you're going to have an external, um, uh, an external hard drive, right? That you might plug into it. You might have some other things. If this was a home device, as if this was a family, family use device that was sitting in a cool little study nook. Right. The two port is fine because you can't imagine I can't imagine you're going to be plugging a lot of things into it. Right. This is this is all in one. It's the Ethernet is plugged in the back. You're good to go. Right. You've got the wireless, most likely the wireless mouth and the wireless mouth and uh, mouse and wireless uh, mouth, um, the wireless keyboard. So everything's super slick and clean and you're probably not going to be reaching behind it to do a lot of things. but if you're using this for work where maybe you have to plug some other things in, you potentially bring in another hard drive, you're doing some other things, I think that that's where that is. so that allows you just a greater a slightly greater performance capability. Yeah. Um, but you know if you're using it for simplicity, which is why I love the iMac, you know that two port's probably just fine.
1: Well, let's talk about the most important reason why you might go with the four port instead of a two port. The four port comes available in more colors, including Ooh. yellow, Ooh. orange, okay. and purple. So if you really want a yellow computer in your house, you're going to have to go with the four port iMac, mm. uh, not the two port. Now I'm changing important my mind. Remote, okay. Mm. Um, Price wise, fourteen ninety nine is where the four port starts. Twelve ninety nine for the two port. I, again, I think you summed it up pretty good, Brian. The difference between the two. You you know if you're somebody who needs an iMac or not. I mean, if you if you have a specific case for a computer, a, a location, a certain purpose for a computer, and you don't really see the need to expand and grow and add more per, uh, peripherals or change out peripherals, then an iMac's great. I really say it. I mean, I hate to stereotype it, but somebody who doesn't want to deal with the computer stuff, I just want to plug it up, hook up my uh, turn on my keyboard and go. And less fuss and less decisions to have to make. The yep. iMac's a great fit for all of that. So I agree. Yep. Well, Brian, that is all of the Mac models that we kind of talk about and recommend. Again, six months from now, there could be a new version. There'll definitely, I think, be a new version of a Mac Pro. There could be yep. an updated Mac mini, could be an updated I'm, Air, a Mac Air. Air. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All those are up for grabs over the next year. So this information could be completely out of date months from now. But if you're in the market to buy a Mac right now, the good news is you've got some great options. I think, I, I think people are generally feeling more positive about the computer lines that are being released by Apple right now than they ever have been because of the M1 chips, because of what it allows them to do, uh, and because of the feature set they're, they're able to roll out with those right. chips included. It's just these are some great machines. I, I don't think five years ago I might have said you could have gone the wrong direction with certain models. Here, I don't really think there's a wrong direction. I think it's just finding one that's the best fit for your needs and what you're looking to do with it. So, yeah.
0: And then you have, then you have all the iPads, which, you know, we could spend another hour talking about yeah. which of those to go into, but- Not going to go not. into iPads today. Let's We're just,
1: talk, just talking <laughs> to Max today. That's it. We'll do another iPad buyer's guide, another episode. So yeah, that sounds cool. good. Yeah. All right, Alan. we are. Yeah, nope. I think that's good. Um Ryan, if anybody is kind of in that position that you are, that they're saying, "Look, I'm ready to buy," uh, I just I, I got maybe a very specific need or situation or something, and they need some advice on which way to go. Uh, how can they go about uh, getting a hold of us and asking those questions?
0: Well, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. info at the mesh.tv. Let us know uh, not only about you know your experience with uh, the Mac Buyers Guide, but also what future topics you'd like us to get into. This is where we tend to get some of our ideas from, uh, from listeners. You can also go to our website, uh, which is www.brothers-in-tech.com. And don't forget the access. It Yeah, it's right. Dash in-tech.com. <laughs> the medicine's kicking in, Alan. Right. I could tell. Um, I can tell. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can see, uh, get access to previous uh, episodes as well as start to see some recommendations that we have outside of the uh, the episodes
1: so right. come and check us out send us a note all right. all right well listen thanks everybody for watching our mac buyers guide episode today of brothers in tech and we will be back with more discussion topics and episodes here in the coming weeks so make sure you stay tuned for that until then uh thanks a lot for listening or watching and we'll talk to you next time bye